Blog Talk Radio. Episode 108 of BCI Radio. I'm your host, AJ Black. I'm here with Eric Haas. How you doing? Hey, AJ. What's going on? Not much. It's a Friday afternoon, and we have some college football to talk about. And uh, our goal for the day is to kind of go over what happened with Central Michigan, look ahead to Virginia Tech, and talk about anything in between. It's been a quiet week. Um, Let's, so let's let's look at uh, Central Michigan the game. Uh, first of all, you mean you aren't you weren't excited all week over that Central Michigan win? So that was gonna, that's what I was going to start it with, Eric. I didn't go to the game last weekend. I was away and I didn't watch it, and I haven't gone back and watched it yet. And just based off of the stats of what I saw and what they did, I really feel like I didn't miss anything. Am I correct? No, I don't. I don't think he did. It was like you uh, alluded to. It was one of those games where uh, you know the stats didn't lie and uh, the game kind of played out just as it, it showed on paper. So uh, I, I don't think you missed much. If you're going to pick one game to miss this year, that was definitely the one. I think. Yeah, it looked like it just looked like Dazball at his finest, and it's just a team that couldn't stop it. Um, you know, BC. I was just looking at the stats off the top of my head, and it was like. You know, you get the running backs averaging their 3.8 to 4 yards a carry. Anthony Brown, I know he was out for the week with an injury, and then he came back and didn't practice, but he only threw for 85 yards and just didn't look like a very interesting game. Uh, what was the no, – Eric, it, it was one of those games. I watched it, and, it, you know, it was, it was one of those dad's wet dream kind of games where um, just the bigger BC offensive line just – you know, eventually wears down the Mac team. And, uh, you know, just it really was exactly how Daz envisioned it in his head, I think. Just literally pound that rock all day, baby. And that's what they did. And, uh, uh, you know, hey, it's not a bad formula to beat, beat those Mac, Mac teams when you've got, you know, the better athletes at running back and you got the bigger offensive linemen. It's just kind of a perfect yeah, I mean, formula. Not- so yeah. And especially with your quarterback missing the week, you kind of want to take the pressure off of him, you know, give him a week to kind of get his feet back underneath him. Um, but I think obviously, you know, just the big story from that game was the play of, punt, you know, kick return of Michael Walker. He basically controlled that game for BC. If, if BC didn't have Michael Walker, the game would have been a lot closer, wouldn't it? Yeah, he was, he was, uh, I, I think you could have made him the MVP of that game. And, uh, uh, it was pretty funny. Uh, one of the things I, I picked up on in one of Daz's press conference was uh, he wanted to get credit for the Mike Walker yardage to the offense because he was talking about the play of the offense on Saturday. And I, I think he, he classified it as uh, something to the effect of those Michael Walker return yards. There's a lot of hidden offense in those stats right there that, uh, that we're not accounting for. So, uh, nice try by Daz, but no, we're not going to give the offense credit for that one. Uh, just uh, really good 
game by Michael Walker and uh, the guys on special teams blocking for him. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, in a game like that where you're going to control the, the, the line of scrimmage and, and field position, you want to get those big plays. And he did that. But I think it's so funny that Daz is trying any way he can to spin how that offense is playing. And he can say whatever he wants, but it's clear to anyone who watches. So let's change subjects a little bit. I feel like we talked for about four minutes about Central Michigan. That's about enough, right? Yeah, I'm good with it. <laughs> so let's talk about some bigger things. Um, you know, just – you know, Dad's go, he goes out and he has these press conferences, which he has to do, and I get that. And I thought, if you haven't checked it out earlier, Eagle in Atlanta wrote a whole article about Dad's press conferences and how it's enraging it for BC fans to read. Um, and he just spins and spins and spins and spins uh, everything that's going on out there. And I think for us, we're just not seeing results. And I think on offense, he talked and talked and talked and talked about how this offense is going to be improved. And we have not seen it. In fact, I'd argue that it's regressed since last year. Um, I mean, that's tough to compare. I, I, it, it certainly hasn't gotten better. So I'll, uh, I'll meet you half, halfway with that. And uh, um, yeah, it hasn't, it, it hasn't gotten better. It regressed possibly. I think you could make an argument for that. Uh, pretty, I, I kind of think it's mostly the same. And, uh, um, like you said, though, he's, he's spinning it like they're like, they, uh, aren't, aren't one of the worst ranked offenses across the board. But, um, at this point, I mean, I've almost, I, I, I it's a surprise if he doesn't spin stuff now. Um, so, but I do find it entertaining. I do kind of tune in and see like what, what his latest like talking point is each week, you know, he can, uh, hand something out over his press conferences and uh, you know, the Boston Herald can run with it and uh, make a talking point for the week for him. So uh, he, he plays the media. Great, great with that. There's definitely some guys in that room that, uh, that eat up what he says, but um, as you alluded to, I think, I think that might work for like the casual follower of BC in the area, but you know, a real BC fan obviously isn't buying into his, any of his hype. And uh, I know you personally, um, AJ really enjoyed, uh, kind of Daz, uh, I ca- I call it campaigning for another year and kind of compa- compared his situation to how Virginia tech stuck with Frank Beamer. I thought, I thought that was, uh, you picked up on that and I know you commented to me about that right away, but, uh, yeah. you know, you can share with the audience your, your take on that one. I know that one got you pretty going pretty good. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that that was a great one. Uh, Daz came out, and he definitely slipped that in that, you know, Frank Beamer struggled his first six years at Virginia Tech, and look what happened to him. I, I'll, I'll just go out there and throw this out there. If Daz is our coach in five years, I will not be following this team. I can guarantee you. I cannot watch this crap anymore unless he can somehow magically fix his offensive system which I don't think he can because I think that's what he is. He was like that at Florida. He was like that at Temple. He's like that here. So, you know, Daz comes out there and he says, oh, they gave Beamer six years. Well, yeah, Beamer started at Virginia Tech and he struggled, but he was at Virginia Tech for that time. We've, you know, Daz had moments before BC and it was the same crap we're seeing now. I mean, I have a good friend that's a Florida Gators fan. 
and he curses. <laughs> Anytime I bring up Adazio, he just goes, I'm sorry that you guys are still dealing with that. Because he knows exactly. Yeah. I mean, you, you watch the game film from when Florida was doing it, and he had five and four star recruits like Percy Harvin and all those other guys, and he's still running the jet sweeps and dives up the middle that you see today. So I don't, I don't know. Um, it's I, funny you brought up that Florida really because he he brought up Florida um, during his radio show on Monday night. Um, it, it was kind of an awkward exchange between him and uh, Cronin. Cronin gave gave the old, uh, well, a lot of people ask, you know, not me, but a lot of people want me to ask you about why the quarterback doesn't run here. Uh, of, of course, alluding to him doesn't, doesn't really have many design running plays, it seems like, or kind of options to run out of a passing play. And, um, you know, Daz did bring up his time at Florida and uh, kind of said, well, it's more the personnel, you know, obviously I ran with the QB at Florida and Tebow and uh, those results are good, but I adapt to my personnel. But I thought it was funny him bringing up his time at Florida because kind of like you alluded to, if you, you go back and read like, like old Florida message boards and stuff, they absolutely hated Adazio at Florida, just despised them because of what you said. He had so many different weapons between Tebow and Percy Harvin um, and guys like that, and he, he kind of was uh, as co- conservative as you can probably be with that kind of personnel on a SEC team. So, uh, good point by you. That definitely, uh, de- definitely, his time at Florida is not uh, not like he was like he was saying. Yeah, I think at this point where it, it, he is what he is, and he can keep spinning that it's going to change and evolve. But any thoughts that fans have that somehow we're going to magically turn this offense into some sort of juggernaut that's going to score points, I think is a little misguided. I think it's very misguided at this point. I mean, he's had points where he's had weapons that he's used effectively. Saw that with Andre Williams and Tyler Murphy. But when he has to bear down with like a team process and just he doesn't have that go-to guy, we just kind of see him floundering and it's been worse and I know some people don't like him but I really think Ryan Day was probably the best thing that could have happened to Daz and then he left and you can see exactly what kind of philosophy Daz has and Scott Leffler I feel like is probably the worst thing that could happen to him because he seems you know you, you, again we talk about other fan bases and it's easy to go back and see where <laughs> the criticisms kind of follow both of these guys through their times at different schools Leffler was I mean the guys at Virginia Tech will tell you these are the same things that they saw at Virginia Tech for years, and they were glad when he was gone. Now we're seeing the same things with them at BC. Yeah, that's uh, that's. I don't think it's surprising to any Virginia Tech fan, certainly, uh, about how upset BC fans have been by some of uh, Leffler's uh, play calling. Um, and uh, kind of the final note for me on – just Daz and play calling and decisions and stuff is uh, I, I, I was actually a little irritated during the central Michigan game because uh, you know, he was aggressive in a couple spots going for it on fourth down. And that doesn't make me irritated. What makes me irritated is he has no problem doing this against the Mac team, central Michigan and Northern Illinois. But when he plays Clemson or Notre Dame, teams that you, you kind of need a trick play to pull off an upset or kind of think outside the box to pull off the upset. He is the exact opposite. And 
turtles and plays ultra conservative. So that that's probably one of the now that is the biggest thing that kind of gets me going about Daz. That you know he 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 gets aggressive, can be a tough guy against the MAC teams, and then against the teams that are clearly better on paper. You know, he just goes the ultra conservative. Let's you know, let's make it a game in the fourth quarter and see if we can miraculously pull out a win. So, yeah, in a nutshell, that's that's what drives me crazy. That 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 that's such a great point, Eric. Like he against the he, there's a certain part of the body. Well, I'm not going to get into it. That clenches up a lot for Dad when it gets into big situations. You know what I mean? And yes, it gets worse when he plays better teams. We saw it against Clemson where he was playing for field position, which is um, we didn't get a chance to talk about that last week because we didn't have our show. But that I don't understand how that is a like how that would work against an offense like Clemson. It worked for three yeah. quarters, but it, but you know if he tries that again against Virginia Tech, you know it may work for a little while. But th- these teams are too good for that. You need to make some chance. You need to take some chances on offense and punting from your thirty-six yard line isn't going to be, you know, the answer to that. <laughs> right. Exactly. So, anyways, uh, that that's our dad's our dad's talk of the day. Um, you know, people have been ripping on us lately. I've seen, and it's not just our usual group of cronies that hate me and hate the way that we write about it. But I've seen a lot of people saying that we're not tough enough on dads. But you know, really? my kind of viewpoint. Go ahead, Derek. No, I was just saying. Really, there's I, that surprises me. But okay. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently, we should be ripping him incessantly. But, you know, my, my kind of thoughts about this is, you know, he had a week where they won. It's kind of hard to rip him after that. I mean, you can nitpick some of the stuff that he did, but it's, you know, it's, we you know, there's going to be plenty of opportunities after Virginia Tech and Louisville come through here. <laughs> right. Let him puff out his chest for one week. Yeah. Well, we'll have plenty of time after this week and next week to talk about what went wrong and, you know, look at the score and what happened and whatnot. Well, moving ahead, let's let's talk about Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech's coming in tomorrow night. It's a night game at the Heights. Um, you know, going back, Adazio again with his uh, his um, his lenses on how he sees things. We've won two of the last four against Virginia Tech. Yep, <laughs> you have. You also lost forty nine to nothing last year, Daz. <laughs> um, but he, he said that during his press conference this week. But Virginia Tech is for they won 49 to nothing last year. Uh the team has to be fair has, you know, flipped a lot of its talent over, you know. Uh their quarterback from last year, he graduated, went to the pros, which I don't believe he caught on with any team, so that wasn't a very good move. Um Isaiah Ford, Bucky Hodges, these guys have all gone on to the pros and there's obviously some talent on defense that went to the NFL as well. Um the quarterback we're going to be looking at tomorrow for Virginia Tech is Josh Jackson. Have you had a chance to watch him at all, Eric? Yeah, I've seen Jackson this year. I, I did a very high-level breakdown. I mean, I, I think it's a drop-off from Evans last year, but, um, you know, pretty good quarterback. But, but I, again, not, not, the same, not the same quarterback or even the same personnel they played last year. Um, not, not nearly as good, in my opinion, anyways. Now he is a, I believe, a dual threat quarterback, correct? 
run. And that has been a major issue for BC. Yeah, he's run it 44 times this year for 157 yards that touchdown. So, you know, he doesn't make a ton of yards with the play with, on his feet, but, you know, Brandon Wim, Wimbush and we've seen multiple quarterbacks, um, the kid on Kelly on uh, Clemson, they, they, they thrashed BC's defense. It was a major issue for them in, in containing these option quarterbacks and these mobile quarterbacks. Um, do you see this as a major issue for BC going into this week against Virginia Tech? Yeah, I do see it's an issue. It's, it's probably um, at least with the VT offense against the B, BC defense, that's for sure my biggest concern. In that Hello? Still there, Eric? Oh, yeah, sorry. You got me? Yep, yep, sorry. Oh, technical difficulty there. Yeah, um, I think that's going to be a good, no. I was, you know, I was, I, I was just saying real quick. Um, of, of all the things, when you break down the matchup between the VT offense and the BC defense, you know that is probably my my biggest concern on that side of the ball for sure. Yeah, um, those those you know Central Michigan lined up well against BC in terms. Obviously, they're a smaller team, so they could contain them. But their their quarterback was not mobile. And they, they took advantage of that. Now, Virginia Tech, he's going to move. That The injuries that BC had at the middle, I think um, Max Richardson's still out. Connor Strahan's gone. And I think if BC can't con- contain him, and especially I think the biggest issue that we're going to see with BC is they got the talent, I think, up front to stop him for a while. It's that offense. If the offense can't contain, like, uh, sustain drives – and keep the defense on the on the sidelines for a while. They're going to get gassed. They don't have the talent, as Daz has said. You know, they don't have the depth to keep that going. So, what we're going to need to see from BC, in my opinion, is some sustained drives. And Virginia Tech has a good defense. They always have a good defense. Bud Foster always has that defense. You know, in the top 25 in the country, they're going to cause problems. They give you different looks. They're aggressive. They make plays. I'm worried about how the offense is going to go for BC because of two things. It's been things that we've seen all year with, with Daz and, and Leffler is he's going to continue to try that power running game up the middle. And I don't think it's going to work. And then you're going to have Brown doing these quick outs for three to four yards. And they're just not going to be able to sustain drives because they're not doing anything that can move the sticks. Do you think, do you see Daz opening things up at all, or are we just going to be looking at more ground and pound and the short, really short pass attempts for Anthony Brown? Um, I, I think that's mostly what you're going to see. He, he, he'll try his two or three pops a game deep um, that you see once in a while. But yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't see that go against Bud Foster um, and that defense that he suddenly. Um, think the aggressiveness of Bud Foster as a defensive coordinator uh, makes Daz a little nervous with a young quarterback, and uh, I, I think he's going to keep the game plan pretty conservative this weekend. That's not good news. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, you, you got to take some chances, and I don't know. If, if they're just going to go with interior runs and a couple, you know, jet sweeps, they're going to get killed. <laughs> I, I had my predictions up on the on the website earlier today, and I can't believe – we'll talk a little bit about this. 
couple of our guys, to say the hockey fans, picked BC to actually beat Virginia Tech. I have BC losing big again. I have them losing like 38-3. to I just have no faith that they're going to be able to move the ball against the, that defense. Eric, where are you on this, this spectrum? Uh, I guess I'm in between um, you and uh, the rest of the staff. Um, I see Virginia Tech winning somewhere between like 7 and 11 points. Um, and to explain that, um, I don't I, – I guess I'm not really praising BC by – by saying that, I'm, that's not really the angle I'm taking here. I just think Virginia Tech uh, isn't quite as good as maybe their ranking indicates. Um, you know, looking back at Virginia Tech, they, they opened the year over what was a ranked West Virginia team, which got a lot of attention on opening weekend when there's not a lot of, uh, you know, premier games. So, you know, everyone kind of watching that game, Virginia Tech beats a ranked team. Suddenly they shoot up in the rankings. Um, Then you have Virginia Tech beating up on some FCS schools along the way. And then you throw in a a win over East Carolina, which traditionally has had some good programs. But this year they're a wretched team. They're one in four uh, projected, projected to be one of the worst teams in their conference. So, um, Clemson rolls in last weekend, kind of beats up on Virginia Tech. Not not anything to be ashamed of. A lot of teams get beat up by Clemson. But um, I was a little disappointed watching Virginia Tech against Clemson last weekend. You know, I think I had kind of bought into Virginia Tech being, you know, uh, kind of one of the premier teams in the ACC this year. And really what, what I watched was just kind of, kind of what Virginia Tech has been um, – the last couple of years, a good, not great team. So seeing them roll in this weekend with whether they rank 15 or 16th and, uh, you know, a 16 point favorite, I, I, uh, I, I don't know. I, I don't think, I don't think Virginia tech is as good as people think. I don't think they're a top 15 team. I think they're more like a, you know, fringe team 20 to 25, 30, that range. Um, so, because of that, I think BC can actually hang tough at home, and uh, and uh, I don't I don't I don't see them getting destroyed. And and once again, kind of as a, a separate note, BC getting set up in a great spot with with uh, Virginia Tech c- coming to play at alumni off of a huge home loss at Cle- against Clemson. You know they. They uh, had game day there last weekend. Everybody was revved up for that one, and it's almost a natural letdown to be playing at BC the next week. So uh, we'll see. BC couldn't take advantage of that when uh, Notre Dame kind of was coming off a deflating huge game. BC obviously didn't take advantage of that. So we'll see if they can this time around with Virginia Tech coming to town. Yeah, Uh, that's some good points on Virginia Tech. Honestly, I didn't get a chance to really watch them last week a lot. Um, so I haven't had a chance to catch up. I saw some of the West Virginia game. And, um, yeah, as you mentioned, ECU is terrible. I think they barely squeaked a win out against Connecticut a couple weeks ago. I saw pieces of that. Um, so, you know, you're thinking it's going to be close. I, I still am worried about this team. And I think that teams seem to find themselves against Adazio. And I think that my prediction, I have them losing by a lot. 
Um, and I hate to be negative. I was talking to someone about that earlier today. It's just, I have to be proven wrong before I can get out of that mind frame. And right now I have a hard time getting out of that, uh, given the struggles I've seen and, and just the constant inconsistency out of this, this program. Um, so, well, that's Eric, fair. You and you were, tonight? you were, um, that's fair. And you were dead right about that BC Notre Dame game. I, I think I had a similar take on, on that game that Notre Dame wasn't as good as everyone thought. And, BC could play it in tough, and I absolutely got destroyed in that prediction. So we'll see. I think uh, me and you are kind of on opposite sides again in a in a similar fashion. But uh, hopefully, for Daz's sake, I'm right this this time around. So some just random thoughts I had over this week. Uh, you had mentioned uh, Adazio's uh, radio show. So I was on the road last weekend. I went up to Hampton Beach and, and uh, ran a race up there. And um, so when I was driving up, I listened, I listened to the first quarter or so of the BC football game, right around uh, the pregame up until about the first quarter. And it, it, I, I know it's his job and I don't blame him for it, but man, if you get a chance to listen to meter, do his pregame show and his talking points, it's literally like listening to Steve Adazio talk. It's so funny. Like I could not believe listening to it. my wife who doesn't, She's sworn off the team this year. She's like, I can't deal with listening to it, like wasting my time with this. She was going, Oh my God, he sounds just like a Dazio. And meters just going on about injuries and tough schedules. And I'm like, Oh my God, this is hilarious. Have you had a chance to listen to him? I haven't. Uh, I can see where what meter said would get BC fans upset. Um, you know, on the, on the flip side from working in the media, I, I kind of separate meter from like you know the guy from like richie thompson at the herald or anyone else yep. like meter kind of, kind of works for the school so you know he, he's gonna he's gonna pump the company line and stuff um it's so I, I get how it irritates people if, if i'm a fan um i get a little more irritated with uh some of the newspaper guys you know kind of running with adazio's lines and being you know completely lazy um, to be frank, um, I, I think those are the guys that that um, that, that probably need, need some lashing out from BC fans. Yeah, definitely. You know, yeah, you, you, we were mentioning earlier that we get flack a little bit for not being tough on Adazio. None of those guys. Every post, it's like either it's a player piece, which is fine. You need to have those, and I think they do a nice job with those. But they never, like the Herald, the Globe, any of the local papers, none of them ever are critical of his game and the way he plays. I don't know if it's because they're afraid of Adazio or if they're afraid of losing credentials or getting read by him, but at what point are they going to say, yeah, this is kind of crappy. <laughs> Why are we saying anything about it? You know, because like, believe me, if BC goes out and gets thrashed this week and next week, you'll see some interesting posts on BCI, but I feel like the blogs are the only ones right now that are kind of critical of this other than the fans. Yeah. I mean, um, I mean, we could do a whole podcast just on that whole aspect and relationship and dynamic and, um, yeah, but there, yeah, there's a lot of reasons for that. I mean, mostly, mostly the guys covering BC for those outlets, like either they don't want to be doing that job and want to be, um, you know, covering a different team or um, they're just, 
in a lazy part of their career and just kind of want to show up and write some crap crap article about BC, some puff piece. And I mean, it takes it takes a lot more effort to you know ask Daz a tough question and be critical of him than it does to just kind of run with whatever he says and pump it out and go home and collect a paycheck. So I, I think the, those dynamics uh, at a very high level that's kind of what's in play there. Um, before I before we move on from that point, I do have to say um, there is a, a media member that always is tough on them. That's uh, some of the Heights guys. I feel like are pretty good about that. I've been impressed with some of the questions they've been asking Adazio lately. Uh, Michael Sullivan, yeah. I know is Michael, Michael Sullivan. Sullivan is... I mean, he's he's uh, he's been he's been irritating Daz for about the last three years. Uh, so I'm. Uh, I'm always eager to hear his questions. Um, and there are some other guys too, I, that I don't know as well. Cause they're, uh, they haven't been on the scene as long as, as Michael. Um, so you can help me out with that. If you think of any of those guys names, but, but yeah, those are, those are definitely the guys asking the tough questions. Yeah. I wanted to shout him out. Cause I always appreciate, cause he's, he seems to always be the guy that, you know, asks a tough question to Daz. Uh, so let's wrap this up, Eric. It's uh, we're about at, at a half hour, and uh, hopefully that some of our fans are going to be listening to this tomorrow tailgating. Are you going to the game tomorrow? I am not. I will be uh, I will be watching uh, from the comfort of my couch tomorrow night with about twenty five beers. Yep, same here. I so I might be I might be extra uh, extra vocal on Twitter by about nine thirty tomorrow night. <laughs> yeah, it, it, at my, you know, with the way the way I feel about the team and where I'm at right now, getting up to go to a game that's going to be, I'm not going to get home till midnight or so. Forget that. I'm just going to watch it on my TV and, you know, tweet and have beer. My God, apathy setting in with one of the bigger BC fans I know. That's not that's not a good uh, good sign. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, kind of where I'm at right now. I didn't. I, I think a lot of people. I think a lot of people are like like you though, AJ. I don't. I don't think you're alone in that. I I feel apathy from a lot of people. It's it's to the point yeah. where people aren't even really getting mad after losses anymore. They just expect it and just keep rolling. Yeah, it's uh, it's tough. It's you know, I, at my job, what I do for work, I um, on Fridays I wear my BC gear all the time during game during mm-hmm. game weeks and. It went from, you know, 2013, 2014 to wear, wearing it with pride to more recently, like, who are you guys playing this weekend? Oh, Clemson. Oh, you're going to get your heads kicked in, probably. And then <laughs> kind of just skulking around work. <laughs> and that's kind of how that's gone for, for the last two years. Um, I, I actually, I, you know, talking about how it makes me apathetic, I last week decided to wear Patriots gear. I was like, I don't even want to hear it this week, <laughs> you know? Oh, boy. <laughs> There you yeah, go. So, so anyways, uh, thank you guys all for listening. Um, follow us. Uh, you can follow the main account at BC Interruption. Um, it's hockey season, so prepare for lots of pictures of cats and uh, um, also a lot of giddy tweet tweets and gifs from uh, the other the other writers on our site who uh, are very into hockey. That's their thing, and I'm totally respectful of that. But just so you know. Uh, that that it, we we have a little bit of a culture change during this time of year, so you'll see a little bit of that. Uh, so follow us them at BC Interruption. You can follow me if you want more football uh, focus at BC Hysteria. You can follow Eric at EJ Hossis, so 
E-J-H-O-F-F-S-E-S on Twitter. Uh, you can ca- catch us on Facebook, uh, facebook.com backslash BC Interruption. Um, and we'll be doing this every week. I apologize that we didn't catch you guys last week. Um, I just had a really nice week. Um, I didn't really have much to say about Central Michigan. So I'm sure we'll be back next week again with another episode. Uh, Eric, any last thoughts? Uh, no last thoughts except uh, 10 Hail Marys for you and confession for skipping out on the podcast last week. Yeah, sorry. I feel bad, guys, and I apologize. Uh, well, anyways, thank you again. Make sure to like, subscribe, and rate us on iTunes. I see people are starting to do that. It really helps us um, for people to find our podcasts, and we you know, want to get our, our word out to more BC fans. And, of course, you know, share our, our podcast with any of your BC friends. If they're people that you know like BC football that are still um, still around, I know that they're, it's a dying breed at this point. But if you know anyone that wants to hear us grumble and, and talk about BC football for 45 minutes a week, uh, be, be sure to share this with them as well. So, guys and girls out there listening, have a good game. Uh, enjoy uh, BC versus Virginia Tech. Have a good week. And we will be back next week for episode 109, where we're going to be previewing Louisville and a team that just lost to NC State last week. So, Eric, have a good one. See ya. Go Eagles.